Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This will be episode number 37. I like 37. I like any number that has a seven in it, really. I feel like we're going to be talking about the number of the episode for each episode from here on and henceforth forever. Yes, because some numbers I don't like, but there are a lot of numbers I do, but there's some that just bother me. Like what? 56. 56. Something about that number, I, I'm just not a fan. Just makes you angry. Yeah. Right. I don't like so. to look at it. it. It's just like, it's like the way when we used to drive around our old hometown and there were certain businesses and buildings that she just refused to look at. I don't know why. I've been that way since I was a child. One of them happened to be a dying machine plant. And I is- know why. It's because that is where my grandfather worked. And, and your father. And where my dad worked. And <laughs> I could just knew, see it coming when I was a like, child, like, like a five-year-old. I'm like, no, stay it's away a from this. It's disaster waiting to happen in my future. <laughs> and I did it anyway. And it, and it turns out that now you're happy you did because, I mean, look at the... At the illustrious lap of luxury you live in. I know. Look at this podcast studio. And this, <laughs> it and, almost looks like a bedroom. And this podcast, which gets tens of listeners. <laughs> tens of listens. Every month. Hey, we actually hit over 22,000 wow. downloads overall now. I am so glad to hear that. Yeah, that's more than 10. Apparently, somebody likes it. Somebody. I know I do. I do, too. But I'm a little twisted. Speaking of listeners, we just got a new five-star review, and as we've asked you before, please leave us a review, and I'm so appreciative that we got another one here, and uh, we got a five-star review. The user is Squawk and Wasan Barry. Barry, thank you for those kind words about our podcast, and we appreciate you listening, and I hope that you continue to enjoy the content we are providing. So, if you would like to help the podcast, please go to our website, There's a tab up at the top that says reviews. If you click on that, there's an option to leave reviews and it'll take you to a place where you can do that. And if you can take those few seconds to go do that for us, it means a lot to us and we'll call it out on the episode. So thank you very much, Barry. Squawk. Squawk Barry. Barry reminds me of that TV show, Barry, we like. Are you as cool as that, Barry? Yeah, that Barry's cool. Because that's... uh, played by Bill Hader. Bill Hader, one of my most favorite of all comedic Mm -hmm. actors. If you want to find us online, you can go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com and you can also find us on all social media platforms by looking for the user at Scary Savannah. We also like to mention our merchandise giveaway. We give away some merchandise every month. July's entries are being accepted now. Just go to our website, look for the giveaways tab and follow the instructions to enter. You can win. And we announced the winners in the first episode of the following month. So we made it super simple now. You don't even have to answer questions anymore. You just have to put your name and your email, basically. Yeah, you, you don't even have to like me. Yeah. Which is You good. just want free stuff. If just you just want something free. You know, as long as you wear it. or yeah. I mean, you can smash it, but then a YouTube video. I don't care. You know, as long as somebody sees yeah. it. Yeah. Anything for advertising. Also, my lovely co-host is in dire need of caffeination, and you can... Help to support the podcast and her caffeine. Yes, today. Why? Today why? it's Red Bull. It seems like that's I'm a little out of excessive. coffee. Oh, well, and we're about to drive for four hours. So I yeah, need, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I need, I need something stronger so, than coffee. If you would like to support the podcast and also buy her a coffee, if you look in the bottom left-hand side of your browser, you can see a little icon to go and click to support the podcast and buy her coffees and... We would appreciate anyone that can do it. And the people that have already done it for us, thank you so much. Yes, but I'm currently out of iced coffee and coffee cokes. 
Yeah, sadly, I drank the last of the iced I coffee earlier today. I However, I did notice that you had had a cup without asking me. <laughs> so you were eating lunch. That's why I hadn't got it for you so yet. So I don't feel so bad about it. <laughs> okay, so we're about to make a nice trip here, right? Crystal, you want to say something about that? Yeah, we are huge Braves fans, like we've told you before. And we like finally decided we're going to go see a game. So we got tickets and we're going tomorrow. We're leaving today. We're going to go see them play the Mets. Tomorrow, yes. and they're only one and a half games behind the Mets. As so, of this recording. Yes. So maybe if they win tonight and the Mets lose because they're playing the Mets, they will be half a game back. Yes. But by the time people hear this episode, that series is probably already going to be over. It will it? be. And hopefully we'll be winning. Hopefully. We're holding out hope. Yeah. The Braves are playing really well yes. right now. So if you like baseball, let us know who your favorite team is. But don't say the Yankees, please. Yeah, it makes her sad. Yes, our daughter, our daughter is dating a Yankees fan, and I love the boy. Her. I love the boy. Other than that, like he's perfect. Yeah, he's polite. He's handsome. He's sweet. He's he tall. works. He's tall. He's like six foot five. He's even taller than our oldest son, yeah. who is a monster tall. So. Best kid you could ask for to date your daughter, except for he's this one fan. thing. He's a Yankees fan, a diehard Yankees fan. Yeah, and we don't hold anything against you if you like the Yankees, but uh, it is a sad day if you do. It is, because the Braves are world champs, and hopefully will be again. Yeah, they may even be playing the Yankees in the World Series if the Braves can and make that would it. be interesting. I feel sure the Yankees are going to. Yeah. So we have to apologize in advance. We've got both of our executive producers in the room, Layla and Coffee. They're snoring off camera at the moment. So if you hear a little bit of snoring, it's not a ghost. <laughs> It's our dogs. Coffee's laying at my feet and Layla's laying behind the desk. So they certainly are. You hear? And they know we're leaving. That's the thing. They're very They sad. always see a suitcase come out. They get really panicked, so they don't want us out of their sight. They get very nervous. This week, we're going to be talking about another interesting house. Almost as interesting as the Winchester house. Maybe more so. I'm in not sure. Ways. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. It's the largest private homestead in the entire country and is located in the picturesque mountains of North Carolina. Asheville, to be exact. The city is home to a bustling town full of breweries and live music and draws thousands from across the world every year to experience one of the most unique places you can find anywhere. The biggest draw in this area is what we're talking about this week, and that would be the Biltmore Estate. This home has been featured on many movies and is instantly recognizable by its chateau-esque style. Do you know what that means? Well, of course I know what that means. It's a revivalist architectural style based on the French Renaissance architecture of the monumental chateau of the Loire Valley from the late 15th century to the early 17th century. I mean, come on, everybody knows that. You Googled that. Absolutely. <laughs> this home sits on a sprawling estate and is one of the most beautiful places we've ever visited. Yes, it is. It has a Christmas event every year where the house is lit up and decorated. It's very fancy and romantic. Yeah, we went in January last time we went. So some of that stuff was actually still up. So we yeah, did most see of it some was lights. still, yeah. I don't think the whole thing was going on, mm -hmm. but we did see some stuff going on. But I would like to go to see when it's actually Christmas time. Yeah. Unfortunately, Crystal gets really car sick in the mountains, and it's a pretty long drive for us from the coastal region of Georgia. But hopefully she can muscle through it again so that we can go check it out for Christmas. I think I can do it. I don't get as sick as I used to for some reason. Gotten better as I've gotten older, but still don't love the mountains anyway. I know, it's very sad. <laughs> You're from the foothill region. I know, but something about the mountains makes me sad. 
It's the beautiful it's the weather. weather. It's the weather the nice, is crisp not weather. No, the weather's never sunny like it is here. It's extremely sunny. Not like this. There's less sun. There's no ocean. There's a sun, but it's not quite as sunny as no, the sun. No, there's clouds. The beach. There's a lot of clouds. Actually, it was the clearest day when we went. It was cold. Oh, well, that's almost exactly <laughs> See, like it's cold and it's cloudy sunny. and it's not sunny. I don't love it. So a few facts about the Biltmore Estate. It was originally built as a vacation home for George Vanderbilt, who was one of the heirs to the Vanderbilt Industrial Fortune. In the late 1800s, 1886 to be exact, he visited Asheville and immediately became infatuated with the beautiful city and mountains. The Biltmore Estate itself covers approximately 8,000 acres, but was originally around 125,000 acres. That's huge. It is massive. Some of the property was later sold to the federal government to create the Pisgah National Forest, which is one of the first national forests east of the Mississippi. In the late 1970s, William A.V. Cecil, Biltmore's grandson, began planting grapevines, which eventually led to the establishment of the Biltmore Winery in 1985. Biltmore claims that this is now the most visited winery in all of America. That is fascinating. I didn't realize that in the Napa Valley. I would have thought California would hold that distinction. But then again, these facts probably did come from the Biltmore website. They claim it, so it's true. We have the most sun of any mountain region. They don't. In the entire mountain region. They do not. The construction on the home began in 1889, and the house was first opened on Christmas Eve, 1895. That's a nice time to open the house up. I wonder if they had Christmas trees with candles on it. Probably. We're lucky it didn't burn down. We are lucky. The house itself is massive at 175,000 square feet, covering four acres. It has 33 bedrooms, 65 fireplaces, and 43 bathrooms. That's a lot more bathrooms than the Winchester Mystery yeah, House. Yeah, it only had like one. <laughs> it had 13, but one worked. working, yeah. There are a total of 250 rooms. It took nearly 10 million pounds of limestone to construct. Can you imagine trying to get that to that location in a mountainous region? No, that's crazy. I wonder how many mules they had to do that with. Oh my gosh, yeah, they didn't even have cars. Probably somewhere trucks. in the vicinity of 20 to 30 mules. At least, Every room in the house is breathtaking, ornately furnished and decorated from floor to ceiling. My favorite room of all was the large dining hall. The ceiling looked like it was like 400 feet off the ground. Don't be ridiculous. 400 feet. Well, you know, I'm not very good at spatial dimensions. Maybe like 20 feet ceilings. I don't know. Or 400. No. It it really reminded me of like um, Game of Thrones. Like that would be a table for a set on Game of Thrones. It did have that kind of vibe. Yeah, it was crazy. half expected them to do periodic reenactments of the Red Wedding. That would have made me cry. That would have been horrific. (laughs) It would have been horrific. But it would have made for great souvenir photos. You need help. And we did have a souvenir photo. We didn't buy it. I don't think It wasn't a Red Wedding photo. No, I would have bought it if it was a Red Wedding. I'm telling you, Biltmore, it's a money-making proposition. If you're interested, hit me up. We can talk. (laughs) Anyhow, more details about the home. One of the rooms is the home of George Vanderbilt's two-story library and is touted as one of the guest's favorite rooms to visit. Vanderbilt's collection contained nearly 24,000 volumes, and less than half of that is featured in this room. You remember how big that room was? I do. I love that room. You can't picture how big a two-story library is until you stand in it. Yeah, and it's got the ladder. I always love those And we've been to the, what is that, the Library Congress? Mm -hmm. We've been there. I was more impressed with the Biltmore House. Yeah. Vanderbilt was a voracious reader, 
being said to read nearly 81 books a year. That's a lot. That's a lot of books. I'm, when you don't I'm have happy a to get through like four. In a five-year period? No, like four a year if I'm like in a reading Well, you're audio booking it a lot of the time too. Hey, it's still reading. It's, it is. Your consuming brain's still working. It, yeah. You are consuming passively. I ain't knocking I it. I retain it, I unlike you. Because <laughs> I want to be a voice actor for audio novels, too. Yeah. So I think it's a fine medium. It is. There are many other amazing rooms in this home. It even had its own indoor swimming pool. I thought that was really neat. I think it was actually the freakiest room in the entire mansion. Really? Yeah. It was empty, of course, because the pool's no longer used. But something about that room and the big opening of the pool sitting down was Just very you scary. Think of like a horror movie. Yeah, that mixed with the Titanic for some reason. Yeah, I guess I could get Titanic vibes from that, sort of. But it, like, you remember that show we watched, uh, Ratchet? Yes. About Nurse Ratchet. From oh, it reminds me of that, that too. Because it's like they had them in a pool or something. I don't know. Something about it reminds me like a hospital type. Or that Black Mirror. Was it Black Mirror, the show that had the, the miscellaneous horror mm-hmm. stories in it? And there was one that had them in a pool or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of scary, actually, now that you have mentioned all that. I'm glad I could it bring it, it back It is kind of creepy. Of course, no one uses the pool as the family stopped living in the home in the 1950s, but it is still owned by Vanderbilt descendants, and now it's a tourist attraction, and no one lives there. Yeah, at the, at the house. Exactly. I mean, not in the pool. No one lives in the pool. No one that yeah. we know of lives in the pool. <laughs> I wonder if you could be like, a, you could just hide out in there, like, would they notice? The house is so big. How could they possibly keep track? That's what I'm it's saying. like the Winchester house. Yeah. I know there are squatters there. Yeah. If you just look ghosts. like you belong, that's the key we've learned. If you act like you know what you're doing and just do something, people will ignore you. Just dress up like you're from like Downton Abbey. Wear some white overalls. No, Downton Abbey. You're fixing the pool. In Downton Abbey clothing. <laughs> You've only seen like one episode of that. I don't know. That old lady was pretty cool. Yeah. We we were going to watch that, but we never got around. I think we bought it even on DVD. Wow. DVDs. DVDs. This home also featured some things that were quite innovative for their time, including electric elevators, forced air heating, centrally controlled clocks, fire alarms, and a call bell system. That is an interesting amount of things to have in a mansion from the 1800s. It is. Centrally controlled clocks. Why? Because he's sitting around. He's like, well, you know. It might be that I'm in, you know, the east wing of the mansion. And since it takes me 30 to 40 minutes to walk <laughs> to the west sure wing. I want to make sure the time is right. I don't want to be off. Mm-hmm. The home is full of valuable artwork and antiques. And during World War II, 62 paintings and 17 sculptures were moved to the estate by a train from the National Gallery of Art in 1942 to protect them in the event of an attack on the United States. Because that was our primary concern. <laughs> Save the artwork. If they're attacking Washington, D.C., just let them have the White House. <laughs> we don't need that. Priorities, Brett. Make sure you get that old painting. We can rebuild the White House. We, we can't, can't rebuild, rebuild this art. Paintings. The home was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1963 and draws over a million visitors a year. That is a lot of people. That is a lot of people. And I think we were there with about 900,000 of them. Yes, that one weekend yeah. was how they get the majority <laughs> of the visitors, apparently. You mentioned money-making propositions and weddings. The Biltmore Estate has over 6,000 weddings a year. How is that possible for 365 days? How many uh, weddings would you have? They probably have multiple weddings how, a day. How many would you have to have a day? I don't know, but you know what they probably don't have? What? Red weddings. Oh, darn. 
<laughs> I'm just saying they're really missing out here. I'm just trying to help. As I mentioned, the home has been featured in quite a few movies. The list includes The Last of the Mohicans, Hannibal, Being There, and even Forrest Gump. So there is the Savannah tie. It appears we've come full circle. Now we know that it has to be haunted. But of course, just looking at the pictures of it, you're like, yeah, that's, that's haunted. What part of Forrest Gump was uh, filmed there? Do you know? So the tie to Forrest Gump is there's a scene where he's running across America. Oh, yeah. One of the shots from that scene, he's running on it, the road that oh, leads up okay. to yeah. the winery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that now. And I also uh, just figured out about the weddings. It would be 16.43 weddings per day. 0.43. Yeah. How do you have like less than half of a wedding? Exactly. How does this work? Like, well, you get a whole wedding, but we're out of those for the day. So you get the, you have to get a half a wedding. So the bride gets halfway down the aisle. Mm -hmm. Okay, get out. It's over. Maybe they have them in multiple locations is what I'm guessing. Like you're having one in this dining room. You're having one over here. You're having one in the pool. (laughs) That's what I want to get married in the pool. We're getting married in the pool, baby. <laughs> they already had booked the grand library and the rooftop and the winery and the garden and the, garden yeah. and the outhouse. So we're in the pool. Okay. So like you mentioned, it is indeed haunted. We probably wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't. I mean, it's, of course, no McDonald's on Broad Street, Savannah, but, you know. You're never going to stop talking about that, are you? I'm really just sort of angling for a lifetime supply of quarter pounders. Uh, and eventually, I'm hoping if my cards are played right, and I think I'm going pretty good so far, that some executive that works at McDonald's will hear our podcast, and then I will be set. I think it's funny that you've been eating Big Macs as long as I've known you, and then all of a sudden you try to quarter pounder, and you're like, wow, it's this way is better. better. It's a lot better. <laughs> That's crazy. I just, ever since I was a teenager, would get Big Macs, quarter pounders are bigger, and they taste different too. Fun fact, I've never tasted a Big Mac or a quarter pounder or a Whopper or anything. Or a sliced tomato. Or or I've never bitten into a sliced tomato. I've bitten into salsa where it's like chopped up things, but I've never bitten into like a sandwich with a tomato slice on it. a traumatic experience. I think I would like spit it out if I did. So literally from the tomato and mayonnaise sandwiches yes, of the world. Our families would them. eat tomato and mayonnaise sandwiches when I was a kid, but I could never. I don't know why. It's just a weird texture to me. So why are you so weird? I may have been dropped on my head as a child. I'm going to ask your mother about that. But you did get hit in the face with a broken plate when you were a baby, didn't you? I'm pretty sure that that probably has something to do with my personal issues. But uh, I got a scar that wasn't even cool. It is cool. You can barely see it. It's right right here. You can hardly see it. It helps make your angry eyebrows look even angrier, actually. I do have angry eyebrows. That's what the kids would always say when they were little. He's got angry eyebrows. (laughs) So moving on to ghosts. Let's. You remember me mentioning the two-story library? Let's say that I do. I had mentioned that Vanderbilt was an avid reader and spending time in his library was one of his favorite things to do. It's said that he would love to go read in the library when a storm would be approaching. That would be an awesome place to read in a thunderstorm or if like a snowstorm was rolling in. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems that he enjoyed it so much that he wouldn't let a little thing like death keep him from doing it. It's been reported that workers and even visitors have seen something strange in the library, a shadowy figure, and it seems to happen most often, you guessed it, when there's an approaching storm. Mm. 
It was sunny when we went there, as I had mentioned previously. And I guess that's why we maybe missed out on that particular experience. But I would like to go there in a snowstorm. I thought it snowed while we were there. Oh, it did. (laughs) It did snow. But not when we were at the Biltmore house. No, but it snowed that day. I guess it did snow in the hotel we were staying Mm -hmm. in at the time. But it wasn't what I would call a snowstorm. It's more like a snow flurry. Yeah. But you know how I feel about snow. Yeah, you're quite the beach person. Yeah, it's messy. Yeah, and a Vegas person. Yes, I like sand over snow. I require the temperature to be above 80 degrees at all times, or I tend to shut down. Like, we keep our thermostat set at 78, and Ethan came over this morning, our oldest son, and he was like, you said you had the air conditioning running yesterday. I thought you meant like 70 or something. For us, it's 78 degrees. Yeah, so I said. That's cool. He's like, it's set at 78. I'm like, that's where we keep it unless guests come over. And that is why we're moving to Honduras someday. But we don't speak Spanish. But I am learning. And I know how to ask where the bathroom is. Everybody knows how to say that. And I can order a cheeseburger in Spanish. And I can also say that there is a cheeseburger in the bathroom. Can you say there's a quarter pounder in the bathroom? I, not yet, but that is going to be something I look into in my advanced learning that I'm going to take. What was that place we wanted to move to? Honduras. No, it's it was... an island off of Honduras. Yeah, but it, Roatan. Roatan. Yeah, Roatan. I could live there. But I'm sure if you learn how to speak Spanish, that's going to come in handy. I like to be you learn pro- to say anything else. No, I think that pretty much covers everything I need to know to operate and live. Okay. I do like to be prepared, you know. I know. Another story from the estate deals with Vanderbilt's wife, Edith Vanderbilt. She would have a habit of going into the library to let her husband know when they had guests and that it was time to make an appearance. Many guests to the estate have claimed to hear the word George whispered by a female voice in the library. It may be that all the revelries that went on in the house are still continuing because it It's also said that workers and visitors still hear the sounds of laughter, faint music, and glasses clinking through the home. I bet they had some pretty wild parties going on there because, I mean, you could fit like 500 people in that one dining room alone or maybe a wedding. There was never a red wedding there, Brett. I'm just saying, you know. It reminds me of a Savannah party, though, probably. Bunch of ghosts. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get together occasionally. And remember talking about how the pool freaked you out? I knew it. It's haunted too, isn't it? As you would probably expect, people say they still hear sounds of splashing coming from the empty pool. Thrashing like somebody's drowning? I highly doubt it. It doesn't seem like the hauntings here are the malevolent variety. So I'm guessing that this place wasn't used as a Civil War (laughs) hospital then. No, as the Civil War ended before the house was even built. And I don't see why we would let facts get in the way of a good story. We are somewhat of a history podcast, so I don't think that would be a good idea. I guess not. (laughs) We're educational. Educational television. (laughs) People have also reported seeing spirits ascending and descending the stairs. They have heard the sound of footsteps as well. They've also claimed to feel cold spots, weird smells, and a general feeling of unease when they have used staircases. But probably the scariest thing I've read is that people have claimed to see a headless orange cat roaming in the garden area outside the home. That would be so messed up. Yeah, like we didn't see any cats. No. Not even headless ones. Maybe we weren't looking hard enough. The next thing isn't necessarily a haunting, but it is pretty creepy. 
There are many headless mannequins dressed in period clothing throughout the home. And that is just asking for trouble. Yeah. Imagine walking around the house at night and those things like start moving around. And one of them's holding a headless orange cat. And they're heading to a wedding. <laughs> the pun literally wrote itself. It did. Heading to what it's. Yeah. I got it. I get it. In the basement of the mansion, you can find the servants' quarters, kitchen, gym, and the pool. Some people have reported seeing ghostly apparitions of kitchen staff busy preparing a meal in the kitchen area. If I remember correctly, we went in that area as part of the tour, and they did have some pretty scary-looking cooking utensils hanging around. (laughs) They did. The Biltmore Estate has been included on many lists of the most haunted places in America. When we visited, it was before we even thought about starting our podcast. Too bad we didn't know what we'd be doing at this time. That is all the more reason for us to schedule a follow-up trip. You have to mentally prepare myself for that kind of trip, though. I know. It's a long drive. Not only is it a long drive, it's cold. And it's in the mountains. Which is an amazing place. But I can do it for the podcast. I admire your tenacity. (laughs) One last thing before we wrap up the story. There's one more room I'd like to talk about. It's buried deep in the basement. It's been dubbed the Halloween room. I remember that one. Its walls are covered in brightly colored murals depicting things like witches, black cats, bats, and even a platoon of soldiers. People assume that perhaps this room was used as a party room for Halloween events at the house. And for years, it was a mystery as to what it was actually used for. Or perhaps they knew it as the ritualistic sacrifice room. Of course not. They didn't do sacrifices. I'm just just trying to pump up our numbers here, baby. (laughs) There are no reported hauntings in this room that I could find. But by the way it's decorated, you would think if ghosts were around, they'd like to hang out here. Do you remember that room? I do. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. You just sort of stumble into it after you've been near the pool. Yeah. And you're like, well, I guess this confirms all my theories. I included this room because of the fascinating paintings on the walls. But after more research, it appears the room was actually painted this way in December of 1925 in preparation of a New Year's Eve celebration. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but it does <laughs> when you find out why. Leslie Klingner, the curator of interpretation at the time, found a connection between the scenes on the walls and a Russian cabaret and theatrical troupe named La Chasserie, which translates to the bat. I'm glad you read that because that's not how I would have said it. That's probably all wrong. Okay, people in France, let us know. I know we have at least three listeners. We have a lot in France. They toured the U.S. in the 1920s and even performed on Broadway in 1922 and 1925. Their shows were so successful that it caused a desire for all things Russian. And the Cecils, Biltmore's grandson, were no exception, as it seems they created these murals from this inspiration. So it turns out they had a gypsy-themed ball on December 30th, 1925, as part of that year's New Year's celebration. It seems Leslie found an autobiography of a local man that went to that particular party and she pieced this together. So no hauntings in this room, but we will be putting up pictures here just to show you why there probably should be. It's literally the only reason we're talking about this room. Check these pictures out. You know there are mannequins in that room at night with headless cats, right? That's where they hang out, of course. So that's going to wrap up the Biltmore Estate. We may do more about this one after we visit again. And that. My friends, she'll bring us to the portion of our podcast where I take a graphic and insert it here. What What we're we're watching. watching. I got musical there. Did you like that? I like that. 
I know. Right. And you said the whole time you hated my voice. All no. fair. You like you berate no, no, me. I love your voice. You just don't like words. You that don't come out have of my mouth. you don't have a certain range that you can hit. I don't have you, a filter. And you always try to hit those notes. If I you stay where you have which is just like on that Andy Griffith episode. Yeah. Where like, it's a real <laughs> yeah. sensitive mic. It's real it's sensitive. Real sensitive. Yeah. No, no. You need to bring... Falsetto, you are not. No, or, or basso, or <laughs> soprano, or... No soprano. None of that stuff. No, just stay low and it sounds good. So we neglected to mention another movie that was filmed at the Biltmore Estate. And it wasn't because we forgot... It's because it features one of my favorite actors, and it's Mine too. pretty obscure. We're talking about the 1980 comedy mystery film, The Private Eyes, featuring Tim Conway and the great Don Knotts. Nip it in the bud! I never heard of this movie before. I was, I was really surprised when you told me about it, because I love Don Knotts movies. I'm not going to lie, I'm very disappointed in you. At least you didn't sleep through this I one. I did not. And I'm more disappointed that you didn't know about it because not only did it have Don Knotts in it, and you claim to be a Don Knotts fan, but it was filmed in the Biltmore House. And another thing we need to tell you about okay. the Biltmore House is where we're from in North Carolina is not very far away from the Biltmore House. So sometimes they take school trips up there and stuff. I'd never been. Well, several people did go. Okay. Well, I didn't get Well, to go. you just weren't fortunate enough <laughs> to go and be bored to tears as a child <laughs> by something only adults yeah. can appreciate. I can remember being there on at least one trip thinking, this is terrible. <laughs> but Sounds like you. Because I was a child. Now, I, I have grown and I fully appreciate it. And I had a great time there. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go back because it's beautiful and interesting and picturesque. But the fact that you haven't seen that movie or even heard of it, and it was filmed at the Biltmore House, I'm just, I'm wondering about your sincerity and dedication to Don Knotts. I have seen The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Have you? Yeah. What about, oh, I know you've seen, what about The Reluctant Astronaut? I have not seen The okay, Reluctant okay. Astronaut. Okay, So there. I would say it's a tie, except for at least What I, about The Love least, God? At least I had heard of it. What about The Love God? No, I've never heard of that. So it's I guess It's supposed to be me. terrible. I haven't seen it, but I know it's like one of the worst. The Apple Dumpling Gang. I think we can both agree on that one. I love that one. So, yeah. I do thank you for introducing me to such culture. That's why we're doing the Monster Squad movie review soon, too. You liked it so much that you bought a t-shirt featured in that movie. I really did love that movie. I completely had never heard of it. And I was really surprised how much I loved that. And I did get my Stephen King rule shirt. It's one of my favorite scenes. My name is Horace. My name is Horace. I love that movie. So what would I do without you? You'd probably be rich and happy. (laughs) I love when you write scripts. (laughs) So, this is a rather obscure movie that was primarily filmed at the Biltmore Estate. The movie plot goes something like this. It's set in the early 20th century at an English country mansion with the apparent murder of Lord and Lady Morley in their car by a figure wearing a black cape. Two American detectives, Inspector Winship, played by Knotts, and Dr. Tart. <laughs> played by Tim Conway, are sent to Scotland Yard because of problems in the United States. They are in possession of a letter from the late Lord Marley, who has asked them to investigate his own murder. (laughs) They proceed to investigate to try to uncover the facts, 
and to try to solve this apparent murder. Hmm. You'll never guess where this movie goes. I did. So, Crystal, (laughs) after watching this fine piece of obscure cinema, out of our arbitrarily chosen one to 12 dog treats, with one being the lowest and 12 being you're probably never giving a movie a 12, especially not one with Don Knotts. You'd be surprised. What is your rating? I'm actually going to give it an 11. You're just trying to trump me because you think I won't give it a 12. (laughs) No, I'm really going to give it an 11 because I love a Don Knotts movie. Any Don, even if it's crap. Even if you've never heard of it. Even if I've never heard of it, especially if I've never heard of it because it's like a big surprise. But you've never even seen The Reluctant Astronaut 2. I haven't. I've never seen the first one. I don't think there is one. I just know that there is one. (laughs) I I don't think there is one. What year did you say this movie came out? This movie came out in 1980. Okay, so this, I love an 80s movie. I love a Don Knotts movie. I love the, like, the wholesomeness of these type of movies, like the Apple Dumpling Gang type thing. It's a family movie. It's just fun. And, it, you know, it's got a really interesting story. And Tim Conway's and, Yeah, I love Tim Conway and from Don the Ox Carol Burnett funny, show. So you get them together. Mm-hmm, they're just great together. You did sort of introduce me. Now, I, had, I knew it existed, but I never watched it. But I never watched the Carol Burnett show until we were together. Yeah, it's really good. Although I did watch Mama's Family and yeah. Carol Burnett was on that at the beginning. Yeah, she played Eunice, the daughter. We should review Mama's Family. My favorite show I think we'd lose ever. viewers. They'd be like, what the heck is Mama's no, Family? No, people love that show. People our age love that show. It's a great TV show. One of my top favorites. Yeah, it is. We haven't even talked about my list of favorite TV shows. I know. We've got a whole list of every different thing you like. It's just a very eclectic collection <laughs> of weird things. So yeah, I'm going to give it an 11. I had a little plot twist at the end, and I kind of saw it coming, but it's expected that you would. And you don't figure out a Don Knotts movie where you're ever really watching it. <laughs> exactly. But it was just a lot of fun. And Layla really enjoyed it. It's putting her to sleep right now. She's snoring so loud, it sounds like a chainsaw. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come through. through. <laughs> but if it did, I apologize Let's give to her all a mic. listeners. I'll put a mic on her face. I uh, probably should just stick one down there so you can hear the... Gentle we should just do like a five-minute segment of Layla snoring. What do they call that? ASMR or yeah. something where yeah. like people listen to people yeah. snoring or chewing or yeah. laughing or yeah. breathing. Cutting crayons for some reason. I don't know. Oh, that's very strange. Yeah. All kinds of weird stuff out there. We could do that with the dogs. Maybe start a new podcast and just call it Snore. <laughs> Sounds Probably of coffee been and done. Layla. Probably been done, but not with a fat Labrador-like dog. Retriever. So I'm going to go ahead and give this movie my rating, and I'm going to be unique here, and I'm going to give it an 11 because okay. I really enjoyed the movie. I'm not going to give it a 12 because it's not that good of yeah. a movie. But if you're a Don Knotts fan and you like wholesome-ish comedies, then this one is something you probably never heard of. You should go look it up. I had to, oh, buy, had to it buy it on DVD from yeah. eBay, so I probably spent way more on that I should have, but I really wanted this movie. So. Yeah, like you can't just like pay two ninety nine and watch it on Amazon Prime. When I told her about it, it might even be out of print. So if you can find it, you should watch it. Don't expect groundbreaking cinema, but if you're a fan of Don Knotts and you haven't heard of it, you should watch it. Yeah, if you just want a light, happy film. Yeah. So that brings us to the portion of the show that we like to call Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee Talk. Talk. So, Crystal, I really have no clue what's been going on this week. I hope you do. What have what the dogs been doing? They've been protesting the suitcase that's been in our room for a few days now. They're doing it currently. 
Yeah, every time we get our suitcases out, they get really, really clingy, as you can see. Yeah, I'm videoing the podcast that's being videoed. So I'm using a video camera to video the podcast as it's being videoed. <laughs> and here is the snore dog, Layla, at Crystal's feet. And here's coffee. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> this is like being in the metaverse right here. Here's what our studio looks like. Are you dizzy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so while I was trying to get ready today and packing and everything, they're right under my feet. They know it. And if I open the door to get anything from the garage, they're like right on my heels trying to figure out what I'm doing. Layla knows for sure. Yeah, and Coffee has learned how to dog from Layla. Yeah, she she follows her lead. her for everything. Because usually when we record, they stay outside the room and they don't put up a fuss. But tonight they were coming in here. No matter what. Yeah, they're laying down here, fatting it up, holding (laughs) the house down on the earth. Yeah. So hopefully they will be okay for the next two days while we're gone. We're leaving Elijah in charge. So let's hope that he keeps them alive. Yes, that is the dream. (laughs) We'll let you know next week. So you can find us online if you go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms looking for the username at scarysavannah. We also have a Patreon page where you can find exclusive episodes and help support the podcast at the same time. If you go visit patreon.com forward slash scary savannah for as little as $3 a month or slightly more and you get rewards for each tier level you go to, you get exclusive extra content, which we will be adding to quite a bit more in the next few weeks. We have had very busy last two weeks, this Mm -hmm. week being very busy as well. Because literally, as soon as we finish recording this episode, we're getting in the car and driving to Atlanta. Exactly. But there are several episodes already up on Patreon that you can get. There will be more coming out in our series very shortly. So as of right now, we've only started doing it recently. So there are there are like five episodes out now. But there will be, our plan is, is to have at least one new episode a week on our Patreon. So you can find that there, get more info on it, and help support the podcast at the same time. Speaking of supporting the podcast, if you'd be so kind as to buy my lovely co-host a coffee, she would appreciate it greatly, and it would support the podcast in a very nice financial way. (laughs) You can click on the little yellow coffee cup icon on the bottom left hand of your browser on our webpage and donate to our coffee needs that way, and it would be greatly appreciated. We asked at the beginning of the episode, if you would please take a few minutes out of your day to go leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, you can find a way to do that by going to our webpage and looking for the tab that says reviews, and there is a button that says leave a review. And from there, you can pretty much figure it out. It's not very difficult. And even two sentences would make us happy. Honestly, it really would. As long as there's five stars attached to it. Make sure it's five stars. Because she's got a real phobia about that, you know. I don't understand why people go and rate things low. Like why, if you just don't like something. Just don't do it. Yeah. I would never rate someone's podcast low. And I listen to a lot of, (laughs) I've listened to a lot that I didn't care for, but I wouldn't go like mess up their, their stars just because I don't like it. A lot of people do like it. So yeah, if you like it, then leave us a review. If you don't, then go listen to something else. You don't, you probably didn't make it this far in this (laughs) episode. So that's what I'm guessing. Unless you just hate listening yeah. to our podcast. I am guilty of that myself. Which is apparently one of Crystal's 
hobbies. She hate listens to some podcasts. I do. I won't name them, but I do. Please don't. And I don't even know what they are, but there are some podcasts she listens to. There's one very big name podcast that I'm not going to name in any way. I personally detest it and she don't like it either. But for whatever reason, she don't stop listening to it. I don't. She can't stop herself. It's like an addiction. Yeah. It's just so, I don't know. I hope we become an addiction one way or another for people. Yes. We'd like to remind you that we actually do have a merchandise store. So there's a tab on our webpage to go there and you can get all kinds of cool hats, shirts, coffee mugs, backpacks, hoodies. Do we have shoelaces yet? No, but we could maybe get some. You I did, did get, get tumbler. my tumbler, but it's in the kitchen so right now. So I kept now. my promise. I know. I love it. Yeah, we should show that. And maybe that's not available on our website currently, but we were wanting to see if we liked it. She got it. She likes it. So we'll probably add it to our store, maybe. Hopefully. We'll show it next week. Yeah, we'll show it off. When I get some coffee. Yeah, so please buy some coffee. Yes, I need coffee. You can also enter our merchandise giveaway by clicking on the giveaway tab at the top of our website and following the easy-to-follow instructions. You don't even have to know who we are (laughs) to win merchandise from our podcast which is sad. But (laughs) hey, if you're that committed to getting free stuff, more power to you. I know some people may wonder how do we pick the winner each month from our podcast? And it is a completely random thing that we do. It's a highly scientific process. It's a very scientific process. We actually have a new way we think we're going to start doing it that has this wheel of fortune type wheel. Yeah, we have this wheel. Yeah. We should do that on the episode. That's what I'm saying. We should put it on the episode so people can see who wins. Oh, and that way other people can have their names on the air and everything. And it could just be some great big game show. Yeah, so enter and then we'll put your name on this big spinning wheel that our son wanted for his Christmas present one year. And we'll spin it. We actually called it the Willow Games up to this point. Yeah, because we have a huge board game addiction, and sometimes we can't decide what to play, so we'll just put our favorites on there and spin then spin the wheel and pick. So Until it's a it lands game, on the one we want. A game to play a game. <laughs> it's really a paradox mm-hmm. wrapped up in an enigma. It is. In a mystery sandwich. Speaking of board games, I've seen where there's some huge cells at Target. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. Yeah. We should check it out. Yeah, like there, people are posting the deals they got, like six games for under $45. And I'm talking about the games like we play, like the Terraforming Mars, yeah. Ares Expedition, that type of thing. Wow. They must really be trying to get out of the board game industry. And they said that like it doesn't show the price on the you know, sticker. You have to go scan it. And when you scan it, it'll ring up really low. Hmm. We should try that. Let's check it out. So I believe that's going to leave us with just the one last thing. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. But you know who don't? Probably anyone that was in that pool at the Biltmore House. Probably everyone that's ever been in that pool in the Biltmore House. And that orange cat. The headless orange cat. Tell you what, here's what we're going to do. Grab your period clothing and attire, three headless mannequins, a tabby cat, and Layla snores, and meet me at the Biltmore Estate. Okay. Let's go. Let's go.